Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. All right. Uh, thanks a lot for listening today. Thanks a lot for tuning in. We appreciate it. Uh, we do wish you a happy new year. We're covering uh, the uh, situation last night with Bill's safety, Damar Hamlin, who collapsed after what seemed to be the kind of hit you see 200 times a weekend in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... You know, there's no real explanation. Um, we talked. We heard from a doctor who said that, you know, the the way the heart beats, that there are specific cycles that it goes through, and it probably hit exactly the right spot at exactly yeah. the wrong cycle. Uh, he wound up collapsing. Uh, he's hospitalized at a trauma center in Cincinnati. Uh, he is both sedated and intubated, and we are uh, we're hoping the very best for him uh, and his family. And everybody in the NFL has, if you're concerned about the nuts and bolts of it, this game this week is not going to uh, be played. They're not going to pick up for a minute. Somewhere down the line, if at all, um, at this moment, the weekend's NFL schedule has not changed, at least as of this moment. So that's that's basically what we know about uh, DeMar Hamlin right now. Um, You know, Everybody wants answers. I want to know what's going on. I I want to know the answer now. I need to know. Uh, This is Dr. Benjamin Abella talking about the situation and how long we may wait for news. Yeah, so so brain function and survival track pretty closely. And what I mean by that is the longer you're down, the less chance of survival. And if you do survive, the more risk of brain injury. So it's really uh, unfortunately going to be touch and go. He was down long enough that there is a significant risk of brain injury. Now, that said, I do this work for a living and I see many patients in his exact situation make full recovery. So it is at least possible Uh, I can't say probable or not. There's so many factors. For example, the quality of CPR has a big role. What his underlying condition may have been that caused the cardiac arrest will play an important role. So so there's many factors that we are not yet fully aware of, and I'm I'm sure the physicians in Cincinnati will be forthcoming in, in the next few days. I will say this, that it will take days. Brain recovery from cardiac arrest is slow. And I suspect we actually may not learn much more today on his condition. Patients are usually comatose. They're usually in an ICU setting. They're often sedated. And the care for the brain after cardiac arrest occurs over several days. One of the key treatments is something known as targeted temperature management, where the brain is actually cooled slightly, and this improves the healing process. What I took away from that is that it may take days Yeah, to have some sort of... Yep. Information about exactly where he is from a from a uh, medical perspective. And we are joined right now uh, by one of our teammates here at 710 ESPN, Kirk Morrison. Kirk, how you doing, man? Uh, I've been better, Mace. But, uh, yeah, I'm hanging in there, hanging in there. How we doing? Uh, we're doing okay. So, you know, I, I was watching the game live. Um, yeah. It was it was chilling. Uh, to see what went on. What was your reaction to what you saw as you saw it play out last night? You know, I'm still thinking that it was a dream uh, and just haven't woken up yet. But uh, you realize that it, it's not a dream. And what you saw last night was uh, something that I know I've never experienced in my years playing football from high school, college, Pop Warner, Um just had never experienced something like that. I've experienced injuries on the field. Um, I've seen guys, you know, break legs and, and tear up knees and shoulders, head injuries. But the one takeaway that I always had with those injuries was that a player can look you in the eye or can say, hey, I'm going to be all right. Y'all go get him," Or they give you the thumbs up on the way out or waving at the crowd and say, hey, you know what? Things are going to be okay. And so that would give me confidence to go back out and go do my job, give me clarity or give me closure. That's the one thing I take away from last night, Mace, is that 
there is no closure. There is no closure for anyone a part of that Buffalo Bills organization. No player, uh, medical staff, coach. There is no closure because last night you you went to uh, Cincinnati as a team, and yet one man had to be left behind. And that's sort of the part of a lot of players are trying to cope and deal with, and that's where I really got me last night is having been in those situations before not everybody coming back on the plane that was one that i uh i have to uh definitely has me still shaking up about you know they um i've i've seen um pretty bad injuries before but yeah. i i didn't even know this was possible like as an athlete i didn't know like that this happens in baseball a lot I didn't know that this happened in lacrosse or any other sports. Like, I, were you even aware that this was something that could happen to you? Right? Yeah. With a hit? I mean, it's it's the old cliche for a lot of coaches, especially my high school coach, man, Coach Paul Perinon, uh, at Bishop O'Dowd High School. Man, it was his birthday on January first, so that's why it's kind of fresh on my mind, right, Momo? Because those speeches that he had in pregame yeah. when we were in high school was. Grab a hold to the guy next to you. Hold him tight. And I want you to tell each guy, say it out loud, I'm going to play every play as if it's my last. That was what we were reciting wow. before mm. every pregame speech. I want to, he said, can you promise me you'll do that? And we would promise him, yeah, coach, promise you, you know. And to think that last night on what was a routine tackle for DeMar Hamler, uh, Hamlet, it's, it was just, to me, I've, I've seen that play over and over and over again. Like, he, it's just a regular routine tackle. I mean, he pops back up, and then he immediately collapses. I think that was just the hard part for people to see, for me to see. Um, I didn't see the resuscitation um, of administered – to him because those players kind of shielded yeah. him from they did a they did an unbelievable job yeah the, the the crazy thing i've said this before I've, I've learned this before from one of my friends who's a former team doctor and who's said that the safest place in the world at times is actually a football field hmm. and you say what because like, there no. are so many medical professionals there right it is unbelievable um just in what i you know as, as a college football broadcaster nfl as well i i've always you look at officials, okay, Mace, and they're at the field three hours before the game. Right. I'm like, what are they doing? Like, what do officials do? Three hours before the game, they warming up and stretching, but it's protocols in place. Yeah. There is so much that is put on just the protocols and for medical technicians, these meetings that, for us, we don't even know about half the time. But because I've always asked my on-site producers – She's oh I gotta go I gotta go to my mm-hmm. ninety minute meeting I'm like what's the ninety minute ninety minute meeting is for everything in order for events like last night if they do happen what is the protocol what are we doing yeah and there's a lot of criticism I think in the NFL right now or people last night who were watching this game play out and said why hasn't the NFL postponed the game they should have postponed it immediately they should have said stop immediately. And luckily, I was able to contact a couple people, and they said, we can't postpone a game immediately. We just can't cancel the game and move on. Mm-hmm. We have to make sure all medical personnel and all folks are able to get out of the stadium before we're able to make any announcement. Because had we said 20 minutes of, of the player being was on the ground, all of a sudden, you tell everybody, hey, game is now postponed. We all know how crazy it is getting out of a stadium, especially all at once. It would have created road jams and now panic set mm-hmm. in and then people chaos and moving. We're just more worried about the player getting to the hospital. Right. And ultimately, uh, that's what happened. So for a lot of people, the NFL, there was no way they were going to play that game last night after what had happened. But there was no problem with taking time to, yeah. to no make problem. that announcement and that Correct. resolution. Absolutely, 100%. And I think that's, at the end of the day, um, DeMar Hamlin, that's what our focus was on. The, fo- the focus has to be on him. And th- I'm, I'm always a guy that's trying to not be insensitive to the situation, but you understand that you're pulling for DeMar Hamlin. You're keeping your f- 
faith and prayers with him. But that being said, this is one of the most important weeks of the National Football League coming up. And there's 30 other teams that weren't affected last night in terms of being there. Sure. But what's transpired does affect the play on the field this week and what happens. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Raiders play against the Kansas City Chiefs. They're the first game of week 18 on Saturday. Saturday, sure. What are the Chiefs playing for? They don't know because they're, they're, they're fighting for the number one seed. But what happens with Buffalo? Is this game going to be ruled a tie, a draw? Or are they just not even a no contest? So there's a lot that the NFL has to do over the next 24 to 48 hours while also making sure that the attention still falls on DeMar Hamlin and his recovery and hope that he gets to obviously stable condition. Somebody uh, just DM me, JMN, and said, uh, hey, Mason, the only other scary event that uh, I was in attendance for was when Hank Gathers collapsed in the WCC tournament uh, final back in 1990. Incredibly sad as there was a slight delay before they began CPR. Um, That probably is the closest... I would obviously I wasn't at that game, but uh, right. but that may be the closest sort of yeah. incident that we've seen because he did suffer cardiac arrest. Though. Yeah, well, you know, Tim Haddock, who covers motorsports, is always tweeting us and so he compared it to race car. Um, yeah, correct crashes yeah. that he's. I was seen. on the air with Jim Lampley when uh, when uh, Dale Earnhardt. Dale Earnhardt died. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I mean it, it's something that. You know, everybody who plays, I mean, and not even just sports, like it's literally every time you drive on the freeway, you take your life in your, I mean, this is something that you have to learn to live with. It's this, this risk every single day and every single thing that you do in your life. But in sports, at least like, you know, injuries are a part of the game, but this is more than an injury. Like, I don't, I don't know how you, how did you ever compartmentalize injuries, especially scary ones or bad ones? Well, it was, it was at, I was programmed to Mm -hmm move the drill up 15 yards and keep practicing, right? It was always to a point where you just compartmentalize mm-hmm. and move on, turn the page. It's it's part of the NFL. In a violent sport, violent things happen. But this was different. I think this was different. Uh, talking to a buddy this my, uh, of mine this morning, I got to the gym early um, to go see him, I mean, to go work out and everything, and he kind of put it like, man, he literally died on the field last night. Like if there was no personnel or somebody available mm-hmm. to resuscitate him and get his heartbeat going, he really died on the field last night. Now that, that's when it really just hit me like, whoa, like it's one thing to have ankle turns and knee injuries and all that stuff. But this was a different type of injury. This is something that obviously it, it sends shockwaves through the National Football League. And, and I'm I'm just – I've said this before, but honestly, there's going to be some guys who have to play in a game that is meaningless this weekend. Like yeah. Meaningless. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there are some meaningless football games. People say, well, they're playing for draft order. I've been around players who went out and played for incentives on contracts. Like, yeah, I'm only playing this one because I need one more sack. Yep. <laughs> I'm playing because I need five more catches to get to this record or this incentive in my contract. After seeing what happened on Monday Night Football, how how important is football to you at this moment? I mean, it's, th- this is a tough one for a lot of players, and I can only imagine if I was an active player right now playing in a game that didn't mean anything, it would be tough for me to go out there and take the field. Yeah, I understand. And, yeah, and I think I get that. At this at this moment – you know, the NFL has made no, uh, with the exception of this game isn't going to be resumed this week or replayed right. this week or anything like that. As of this moment, the NFL says there's been no adjustment to the schedule for this no. weekend. Well, one thing we do know, the NFL adjusts. Uh, we saw that, obviously, with the 2020 COVID year of the NFL, where they were playing games every day that ended in Y. So this could be one of those situations. I do know, or we do know, that the Super Bowl is is uh, February 12th in Glendale, Arizona. So from now until then, there will be some shifting. There will be some moving. There is no perfect way to end this season. We just know that they got to get to two teams by February 12th, and I honestly have no idea how they do it. Yeah. I really don't. 
Uh, well, listen, Kirk, uh, appreciate you coming on. Appreciate your perspective, uh, particularly as a former player. And, and it's, it's good to talk. I wish you a happy new year. Uh, I'll see you, see you again under, under better circumstances. Okay. Sounds good. Mason. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Momo. Thanks. There's Kirk Morrison. Uh, and you know, you get his, his perspective on, on what happened last night. I just got this note. Uh, we've been talking about, uh, DeMar Hamlin set up a GoFundMe page um, with the goal of raising $2,500 to help kids in his community. It has now reached more than $4 million, $4.7 million, with over 162,000 contributions in the last 12 hours, uh, which, is, uh, which is amazing. All right, uh, tell you what, coming up next, we will, again, we'll keep you updated throughout the day on DeMar Hamlin and the situation there. Uh, to the best of our knowledge, uh, his, uh, he is uh, sedated, he is intubated, and he is critical uh, at a trauma center in Cincinnati. I want to ask you, Momo, coming up too, as mm-hmm. we do some other things, I want to ask you coming up about that quote from LeBron oh. from, uh, I think it was Wednesday. Um, after a loss, I want to ask you about what LeBron said and what it may mean. Uh, Mason, Ireland. Momo's in for John 710 ESPN. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Momo is here in for John. Coming up for you at 2.30. Uh, our friend Toy Cook is going to join us. He's longtime uh, NFL defensive back and, of course, uh, 10 years involved in the Players Union. So we'll get his perspective on what happened last night with Bill's safety, DeMar Hamlin, who is uh, in critical condition right now at a trauma center in Cincinnati. Um, and uh, at 3 o'clock, John Ireland's going to join us. Uh, from on the road uh, he's got thoughts on this uh, subject as well and we'll let you know that tomorrow we'll start you know we'll we'll do something more normal resembling a mason and ireland show so uh, over the last week the thing that jumped out at me while i was on break was lebron saying i'm not accustomed to playing basketball when it's not at a championship level, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. Yeah. It's not in my DNA. Yeah. So, what's LeBron saying? Do something. Like, get me you some think help. think he's pushing the front office? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've been in his press conferences, um, you know, when he's at home and stuff, and I can... Yeah. There's a lot of stuff that happens... Um, you know, the reporters always have to ask him about this kind of stuff about, you know, hey, basically your team you should sucks. should make an addition and, to the team. Yeah, how do you should, feel you about this? The front office should do, you know, yeah, you know, and they, you ask questions and he decides whether he wants to take the bait or not or he decides whether he wants to throw a, you know, something up, lob a, lob, lob a challenge at Rob in the front office or whatever. And, um, you know, sometimes he says it in the room. Sometimes he gives you like a wink. Sometimes he says it as he's walking out of the room. Like, right. There's a sort of, um, he's very aware that everything he says is on camera, everything he sure. says is recorded, everything he says is going to be a story. Everything he says is purposeful. Purposeful. Correct. And so, you know, uh, look, he signed the extension. Sure. He can't be traded this year. So this idea, oh, is he trying to get, no, he's not trying, he can't be traded this year. Okay. But, and I don't think he wants to go anywhere. Every time you ever ask the question with anybody in the sort of planet LeBron atmosphere, okay, yep. the answer is he wants to stay in L.A. and be a Laker. He just wants them to be better. Yeah. He wants them to give him a chance. And I think when Anthony Davis was healthy, there was a little stretch there where you're like, oh, well, maybe they have a chance. But I've never felt watching this team that they have enough good players. They have enough great rotation players. Enough depth. I mean, Enough depth. Yeah. And 
like you know the last the it's a topic that comes up a lot in conversation because LeBron is still pretty darn good. He's unbelievable. Especially he's 38 I mean, this, points the this other night. last couple of games, yeah. so he basically said, and when I score 30 points, it's yeah. not enough. Maybe I need to score 40. Then when yeah. I scored 40. Yeah, and, and there's there's times when you watch him where you're like, I almost think he's making a point with his play, too. Yeah. To keep saying, like, look, I'm still good. Like, you can't say it's not in my DNA if you're going out and you're not that good anymore. If you're... If you're Correct. if you're putting up 15 on 16 for 22 shooting and you know don't have enough burst, like he's not the same athlete and he doesn't have the same um, uh, lateral quickness or any of that that he used to. He's not the same guy. Right. He's 38, but he's still really darn good. He is. I mean, he's not necessarily. He's just past the top of the mountain yeah I think. yeah he's he's just but he's held on a lot past. longer than anybody oh, his age man. i've ever I mean, seen the, the mileage and yeah. the number of playoff games and the number of career yeah. regular season minutes and playoff minutes i mean he's got there's a lot of mileage there and he is still, still delivering good. and yeah. you know what the, you know the guy i've been thinking about a lot um is tom brady as the comparison and, and how yeah. Tom has been really good much longer than people thought. And there's there's moments where he will look fallible. He will look like he, he will look his age, what, 44, 45? Yeah, generally it's the, uh, he looks that way for the first 45 minutes of the game. Yeah, then, then the last. looks like a totally different Yeah, you're game. like, wow. Like the other, like this last game, he looked amazing at the end. Yeah. It was this vintage Tom Brady. Um, and If the, they only played fourth quarters, I right. think they would go undefeated. <laughs> but he's also, when you have LeBron right now, like, Tom Brady's team is giving him a chance. Yeah. Now they're they're giving it a chance because they're in the worst division in football, and yes. they're still, but they're still they're giving him a chance. Yeah. They have enough around him to give him a chance. The Lakers right now are not really giving LeBron a chance because they don't have enough good players around him, and he wants them to go get more players. Now, we can all go revisit the Westbrook trade and say that was really the one that did it. It was, and you I can mean, go it- back to the AD trade and say they gave up too much, or now is really when you pay the price for that, right? It was in the, with the pick swaps and all those yep. first that that are still due to them, but it, it's um, you know some of this is on LeBron. Yeah, it is. It just you push. What's the, on LeBron? Oh, the pushing for the Westbrook trade, or even the right. way that they did the AD trade, where so much pressure was coming from LeBron, I think it hurt their leverage. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, who who were the Lakers really bidding against for AD? Okay, now who 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 else? Yeah, it's a fair point. Right? I mean, they sort of circled his name and said we're going to get him no yeah. matter what. And who else were the Lakers bidding against for Westbrook that they had to give up that? I doubt anybody. Right. Yeah. And some of that is on how LeBron went about pushing for those things because that creates the leverage you're you're negotiating against yourself you're hurting their your team's leverage yes however those were in the past and it's not that easy to um the AD trade I'm gonna I don't think you hold any of that against the Lakers. No, no. to me they, they, they won a championship, championship. It, it's it, the, it, it's it works the Westbrook trade is it's the, the Westbrook trade and you know we can go back and we yeah. can retrace it over and over again but it's done what's done is done it is yeah, what it they is. gave up all their depth yeah Kuzma, KCP, like they those lost, were. They could have retained Alex Caruso yeah. at that point. I mean, but all that stuff. I mean, I, all the depth and the, and they even gave up a first in that trade. Yeah. Okay. And so it, it it's 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 not one. It's it's the some part of it. But there were also there were things they could have done the last few years where, um, to that they haven't worked out as well. Right. They just even just the building like i was covering the miami heat last night and they have all these guys that i have to like look up where where did that guy come from this guy named max struess where did he come from gabe vincent caleb like who are these guys i think the heat have like 10 guys that went on their roster that went undrafted wow and they're credible nba players yeah yeah and so there's a sort of um where were the, 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 the you need to find those guys when you when you have a slim margin for error? Well, they did it with Austin Reeves. Yeah, right? Austin Reeves is a good find. Yep, I, Alex Caruso was originally a find. A find. Y- you've got to be able to stack up finds. Right, you got to be able to stack them up, and you have enough of them. And then your mid-level guy can't be Kendrick Nunn. Like that, that has not worked. That has not worked at all either year. And, and everybody really... was all like, "Oh, Kendrick Nunn, this year is gonna be really good." Yeah. And I, I would argue that you could look at the Lakers against yeah. virtually anybody and say, maybe the best player in the game is LeBron. Then the next five best players are on the other team. Yeah. 
and then you drop off to, I don't know, Lonnie Walker, Austin Reeves, whatever that is. Yeah, I mean, yeah. neither of those guys are good enough to be the second option with AD out. So LeBron is really, I mean, and and he is willing them yep. to wins, willing yeah. them to wins um, uh, until AD can come back and contribute. Yeah. And, and, and you know what? They have gotten something out of Russell Westbrook. I actually thought Westbrook's play and the way he was playing was really facilitating Anthony Davis's run where he looked like Anthony Davis. I again. got no problem with Westbrook. I, Which as, is something as, we never thought we would say As a player at this point. in this role, I got no problem with Westbrook. He's playing. He's playing well off the bench. Yeah, just not for forty-seven million. Correct. That's the problem. Yeah, and you can. It's it's the rest of the depth around him. Now, my issue with LeBron saying that is that everybody knows you feel that way. Every how could you not? But if you're a teammate and you hear that, like, what are you thinking? How how is that helpful? Well, uh, Anthony Davis came out and said we understand the challenge. Juan uh, Toscano Anderson came out and said, I know what. It's like to play on a championship team, yeah. and we're going to do whatever it takes. So I think some of those players are taking it on as a challenge. You know yeah. what? We got to be better because LeBron needs us. Yeah. Um, ultimately, though, that is—I don't want to say a shot. That's that is. He, they're lobbing that. He's lobbing that into Rob Palenka in the front office. Yeah, but it, like if if I'm a teammate, and and it's also this is this goes back to how a team is constructed. Most of these guys are on one-year deals. Right. Most of these, these are not people who are invested in the long haul here. Yes. It's just a one-year deal, getting a chance. And it's it's hard to hear that, right? Like, there's a sort of, I remember when we had Sean McVay on a couple weeks ago, and he was talking about, you know, what, what the message to the players are in a season that's sort of a lost season for yes. the Rams. Yes, And how do you motivate guys? And he's talking about, you know, this is important for us this week, but let's get some good tape so you can get it, you know, for for whether it's with us or your next job or whatever. I mean, that's what, there's a recognition of the reality, which is that when a season or you're on a team like the Rams are right now, you're not really playing for the season anymore. You're playing for pride and you're playing for... You're playing for a role next year. Yeah. You're playing. uh, That's why I think you sometimes, I mean, I I think Cam Akers has made a statement. I, I think a number of players on that roster... Uh, Michael Hoyt, they've they've made statements yep. about you know I want to be here next year and I want to contribute and I mean the double side uh, the other side of guys on one year deals is that they're playing for contracts yeah you know the better they play yeah. the better their next deal is whether it's here or they move on somewhere else um, all right uh, I wanted to give you this um, Tom Brady uh, has tweeted we're praying for Demar. Uh, and his family this morning in Tampa. Moments like this put into perspective what it means to play this game. We love, thankful for our communities in Cincinnati and Buffalo for the overwhelming level of care and support. I know they will continue to provide. Again, that's Bill Safety, uh, Demar Hamlin, who last night collapsed after uh, a tackle in the first quarter of the Cincinnati Buffalo game. He is hospitalized at a Cincinnati Trauma Care Center right now. He is uh, sedated and intubated, and we are hoping for the very best for him. Uh, Coming up next, we'll talk to Toy Cook, uh, my friend Toy Cook, uh, longtime NFL uh, safety and cornerback, and we'll get his thoughts on uh, DeMar Hamlin and what went down last night. Um, He, by the way, was involved in the Players Union for 10 years, so he he understands the way the union works as well. We'll do that coming up next. John Ireland at 3 o'clock will check in. Uh, He's got stuff to say about this. Uh, Again, no matter what we're talking about, trust us, we will keep you up to date the moment we know anything about DeMar Hamlin. We will get that information on the air right away for you. Mason and Ireland, Momo's in for John, 710 ESPN. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, Everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. 
All right, so obviously the the major sports story of the day, I've seen it now nonstop on uh, ESPN really all day long, is uh, Bill Safety DeMar Hamlin, who collapsed in the first quarter of last night's Cincinnati-Buffalo game. He's now hospitalized at a Cincinnati Trauma Care Center. He is uh, sedated and intubated, and uh, we heard from a doctor today who says it could be could be days before mm-hmm. we really know anything. Uh, joining us right now is my friend Toy Cook, longtime uh, NFL star and uh, longtime uh, uh, worked with the uh, Players Union. Toy, how are you, man? Hey, mate. Happy New Year. Uh, how are you? Well, we're okay. We're dealing with this uh, story right now. What I'm, I would imagine you've got a unique perspective on because you played the same position as uh, Demar Hamlin, right? Yes. Yes. Um, uh, I was watching it uh, last night, and hello, Ramona, and go Cardinal. Thank you. Um, <laughs> yep. Uh, um, um, and you know, I was. It was so. I mean, it wasn't funny. Two things. One, uh, the kid is lucky uh, that it happened there, because if it happens any other place other than the hospital, he is not alive. So that's the good news. And uh, the other good news is they decided not to continue playing the game because I've never seen that before. Yeah. Uh, I I will be honest. I was conditioned like, oh, they'll be back in 15 minutes, right? Yep. The show must go on. Mm-hmm. The show must go on. And for the first time ever in my memory, uh, they actually did the right thing. Yeah, they definitely did the right. It was. It would be incomprehensible to continue that yeah. game uh, given the circumstances, I think. And they took a little bit of time to – Zach Taylor and Sean McDermott were there talking to the officials, and I'm sure there was a lot of communication between New York and the coaches and the players were talking to the coaches, and it took a little bit of time. But ultimately, uh, Toy, you're right, they did exactly the right thing. Have you ever seen – anything as a as a player at any level anything that approaches what happened last night uh no um i i was at stanford my freshman year and uh uh, one of our safeties um went down uh uh daryl grissom uh i wouldn't believe this is name but anyway so bad but he went down and that's the first time i saw a ambulance come onto the you know um to the field and take a player off. And then, you know, it was around my time that the player in Detroit Lions, you know, got paralyzed, but the game kept going on. And we've seen, you know, ambulances and, you know, paralyzations, uh, but we've never, I just heard someone say in 1971, uh, a Detroit Lion uh, receiver died of a heart attack on the field, but they kept playing. Mm. Um, uh, I know. (laughs) So, um, I, I just found it, I, it, it, was, it was just, once again, uh, feel bad for, you know, he's 24 years old. I have a daughter who's 24. I have yeah. three kids, one's 24 years old. And so, uh, but you go, thank the Lord it happened right there. Because as soon as he fell, I said, hey, that's a heart attack. Because uh, there was a singer who just died in France. He was just did a concert and he was walking off the stage and he fell. Wow. And he didn't make it. Right. So, Probably didn't have, uh, you know, all that, um, those medical yeah. professionals around him. You know, I mean, that's, you said it was, I mean, if there, if this is going to happen somewhere, there were so many medical professionals and first responders yeah. on the scene uh, as, as quickly as possible. You're right. This happened somewhere else. Uh, and you, you may not survive that. If it's not, if it's not a professional football game, I mean, I, I believe in college they have the same kind of thing, and even in high school. But yeah, if, if he if he's not there, uh, he doesn't make it. Uh, and uh, you know, uh, who's to say that this this was an undisclosed incident that could have happened at any other time? Uh, I've heard of people that had COVID that went in and found out they had the widowmaker, and if they didn't have COVID, they'd be dead. Wow. You know. So uh, I, I look at it as a as a blessing, really. And so, once again, to see all those people come together and make the right call, right? You, that that was uh, 
that's another good thing. Toy, what what do you make of the way that the teams and the players handled this? Like that they weren't asked to play. I and mean, there was, you know, there's been some reporting on, you know, there was uh, the NFL told them they had five minutes to go warm back up, and then the coaches essentially said, "No, let's." Like, I think Zach Taylor was the first one to say. Do you, do you know just from the union perspective how that played out last night? Yeah, I think it. It you know. It, I always like talking about Armageddon and, you know, the sum of our fears. And it played out last night in the in perfect situation because you saw what the initial reaction was, which was, hey, five minutes, everyone get warmed up. We'll get them off the field. we got to keep going. But then the coaches, thank the Lord, uh, got together and made the common sense. I mean, everyone kind of knew, and you can see the players. But to tell you the truth, I I am conditioned and I am still conditioned to like uh, if it had gone on, I would not have been shocked if the game would have mm. continued to go on. But I'm glad it didn't. So at this moment, they've they've announced that this game will not be resumed this week or replayed this week or anything to do. I, I just can't imagine being um, a player. I mean, the, the Buffalo Bills and Cincinnati Bengals both have games scheduled this weekend. I mean, if you're the Buffalo Bills, how do you – how do you even prepare for? How do you get ready for? Is the game going to happen? I mean, all that stuff, right? Well, yes, but I listen. Uh, not to be cold-hearted, but you know, Brett Favre played when there's been lots of players who have lost parents. Uh, I've never heard of a kid, but have lost, had tragic things happen that have and have gone on to play. Um, uh, football is a violent sport. Uh, we all understand that uh, that could happen. Um, but to, you know, he was saved. Uh, uh, as, I mean, his life was saved, and I, and I pray that he continues to get better. Uh, but, you know, life does have to continue going on, you know. Um, uh, and I would expect, uh, if anything, the football field is actually a respite in this mm. time, right? Um, uh, you know, and uh, I know this. I wouldn't want to play the Buffalo Bills in the next game or in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, they're likely to be uh, once we get back to football a pretty inspired group. Yeah, uh, I think they're going to be highly inspired. Um, uh, I mean, look how much money he's raised. I mean, uh, yeah, four point seven million dollars right now. Yeah, yeah, and. Uh, it's his foundation, and he's going to need it. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, look, uh, with everything going on in the world, uh, to see the response of the human response to this and how everyone's reacting to it in light of what's happening in Ukraine and all over the place and the rest of the world, uh, this gives me hope. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, listen, Toy, thank, I will, next time we talk to you, it'll be under better uh, circumstances, but appreciate you, uh, hey, you coming on. You know, I always love talking to you. Ramona, uh, go Cardinal. You are the best. Thank you. Th- what do you think about our new coach? Got the Sacramento so State happy. coach. I, I am so happy. He's a Northern California guy. If you can win in Sacramento with those kids, you can win with the kids that we had that beat Notre Dame. Okay. I love David Shaw. He was a, a fantastic coach. Uh, he's the greatest coach in Stanford history. Uh, but it was time for a change. And uh, I'm actually happy that we got a cow guy. We've given them enough people. Now we can get one There you back. go. There, there you go. go. <laughs> All right. Hey, thanks, Troy. We'll talk to you soon, man. Thanks, man. All right. Have a good one. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. There's uh, Toy Cook. Great guy. Obviously around the game for a long time. Well, it's also, um, I think when we talk to football players, one thing that keeps coming up is like they're so conditioned to play on. Yes. That, like he's like, I, I was expecting them to play again. What's weird is this, and I understand his point, it was different. It was different. It was really different uh, to see the ambulance roll onto the field, to see the players gather around, to know that CPR was being administered, yeah. to know that it was cardiac arrest, uh, to to have him, you know, his mom come down and ride in the ambulance to the uh, yeah. to the Cincinnati Trauma Center. I mean, all that stuff is stuff that I I never seen. I want to read. Uh, this is a statement from the family. Uh, 
This came out a little while ago. On behalf of our family, we want to express our sincere gratitude for the love and support shown to DeMar during this challenging time. We are deeply moved by the prayers, kind words, and donations from fans around the country. We also want to acknowledge the dedicated first responders and healthcare professionals at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center who have provided exceptional care to DeMar. We feel so blessed to be part of the Buffalo Bills organization and to have their support. We also want to thank Coach Taylor and the Bengals for everything they've done. Your generosity and compassion mean the world to us. Please keep DeMar in your prayers. We will release updates as soon as we have them. Thank you, the Hamlin family. So that's... uh, We may not get a medical update today. And that's very possible. You know, I I think... um, I don't know if I was going to share this earlier, but like one of my um, my aunt had a stroke uh, about a week and a half ago, and it was one of those texts you get in the middle of the night. Yeah, right. You know, like from my cousin, and it sounded really awful, and I was I couldn't sleep the rest of that night, and it was uh, like you kind of um, you you fear the worst, of course, and you start yeah. you, you, your mind's racing. It's really hard to go. You know, I, th- I think I may have eventually fallen back asleep, but it was hard, and um, it just takes a really long time. She's doing okay now. Yeah, she yeah. doesn't have her right hand and um she's sure. in the hospital in reno but but it's like it really does just take time yeah like you really just have to wait and give people time and i know that we are in this world where we want an answer right away we want to know updates right away but there's a there's um there's a patience that you have to have which is where i think faith comes in that um when you talked about earlier like the whole world literally is praying for this guy. yes like yes. it's it i think that matters and i think it helps and i just choose to believe he's gonna be okay like i just that that helps me i have no choice but to believe he's gonna be okay yeah i mean just, it's a it, it's really amazing that those guys were able to get out on the field and do cpr with him that fast yeah yeah all right uh coming back next i want to Again, we're going to keep you up to date on everything to do with uh, DeMar Hamlin. And the moment we know anything, uh, reaction from the league, information from the league, information from the family, anything from his teammates, all that stuff, we will make sure to bring it to you. But I've got a a question for you coming up next, Momo, Mm -hmm. about the Chargers. Uh, That's coming up next. Mason in Ireland. Momo's in for John 710 ESPN. All right. So it's a very, I'm going to tell you right up front, I had a really big, loose, funny, I thought for sure we were leading the show with Andy Cohen and show. I mean, I, I, New York, New Year's Dodger stuff. I had good Lakers stuff. I had all that good stuff. Um, and it's all been uh, sidetracked, um, by the tragedy last night involving Bill's safety, DeMar Hamlin, uh, who collapsed after what appeared to be a routine tackle on Cincinnati wide receiver T. Higgins. And he is now hospitalized, was rushed from the field to the Cincinnati Trauma Center and University of Cincinnati Trauma Center. And uh, he is currently sedated and intubated, and it could be a while before we know anything. Here's Dr. Benjamin Abella. Yeah, so, so brain function and survival track pretty closely. And what I mean by that is the longer you're down the less chance of survival. And if you do survive, the more risk of brain injury. So it's really, uh, unfortunately, going to be touch and go. He was down long enough that there is a significant risk of brain injury. Now, that said, I do this work for a living, and I see many patients in his exact situation make full recovery. So it is at least possible. Uh, I can't say So it is possible. I'm going to cut off the rest of it. Mm Mm-hmm. Because then he says all the other stuff. Yeah. But recovery is possible. So we'll uh, we'll hold on to that. And, and again, continue to keep up, updated. Uh, John Ireland's going to join us at 3. Uh, he fired off an email last night about this subject and, and wanted oh. to make sure he gets on the air uh, today to talk about it. So I watched over the weekend uh, the Rams lost to the chargers yeah and it wasn't really close it was not close um i didn't expect it to be close i thought the rams are gonna win i thought they were on a little run there after the 50 point scoring against the broncos and they had something broncos are bad. really bad yeah and the chargers are good are they yeah i think so they might be good here's the here's the thing about the yeah. chargers is and i'm not going to commit to anything today at all okay 
but I don't know how to feel about the Chargers. Yeah, am it's I, weird, right? Am I rooting for them? Am I rooting against them? Am I jealous and envious? I will tell you, I am jealous and envious. I think I mostly just ignore them. Yeah. But I kind of root for them a little. Like, I don't have any animosity towards them. Yeah, they're... Like, I the don't... Raider fan in me, it's like... I don't. I've never liked the chart, but I've right. never. I, mean, that's I never. That's a big thing. It, but that was never the Raiders' rival. The Broncos are. You know, it's really like everybody thinks they're the Ra- the uh, Raiders' rival. Kansas City thinks they're the yeah, Raiders' Kansas rival. City. Yeah. yeah, but I've never thought the Chargers were their rival. Like I never. It just they were like a team. Right. <laughs> like it were just a team. They play a lot in the division, but it. I I like Justin Herbert. I like the Chargers. I think I, there's Justin, nothing. Yeah. Justin Herbert is elite. I mean, if you think about it, the the quarterbacks in this league now if you've got one of those the young guns if you've got yeah Mahomes or Allen or Ooh, Burrow Herbert or Burrow I mean if you got one of those guys yeah. you're going to be good for a while Isn't it, you know when you watch the Chargers do you feel like compare the way you feel about the Chargers to the way you feel about the Clippers I is hate, that the, is the, that I hate the, the Clippers you hate them you actually yeah, have I do, animosity I do, I do have animosity towards the Clippers why is that um Street lights, not spotlights. Oh, oh, it's that. It's that whole marketing campaign. Yeah, okay. Pissed me off. I get it. I get that. That marketing campaign was incendiary. Yeah, and it was it was uh, absolutely a full frontal assault on the Lakers. Definitely was direct. Yeah, yeah, it was direct. Bergman, what do you think? How should I feel about the Chargers in the playoffs? You're, you're asking the wrong guy here. There is not one piece of me that will ever root in any sense for the San Diego Chargers. I just I can't do it in the slightest i know you're saying you're as a raider fan that they're not the biggest rival maybe they're not but i hate them so much do you really there's not an nfl team that i hate more than that so as a raider fan i always thought the chargers were the raiders biggest i mean i've I've always felt raider games that were i mean the chiefs always are the broncos always are but the the fact is when you're the los angeles raiders and the san diego Chargers are right down below it's they and they were uh, unfortunately, they were better than the Raiders for most of yeah, the like, time. Yeah, like I liked Latanian Tomlinson and oh, Philip Rivers. Oh. I liked Junior Seau. Oh, I mean, well, Junior Seau was amazing. It's awesome. Tony can. I mean, you know, I just haven't. I mean, made what's up his my name? Antonio Gates. Antonio Gates. Antonio yeah. Gates. Yeah. I, mean, I just haven't made they're up good my in mind. fantasy. I haven't made up my mind how to how to feel <laughs> about the Chargers. Don't do it. Don't do what? Don't do it. Don't root for the Chargers. Root for any other team. I don't care. No, the question the isn't. Niners. Do I root the Niners? For root for the Niners. I'm not rooting for the Niners. Do you dislike them? I hate, actively, I hate the Niners. Yes, right. I that's never how like I the feel Niners. about the Chargers. I, that, the way I feel about the Niners is the way you feel about the Chargers, I guess. I've never liked the Niners. Because eh. to me, they were like the pretty boys. The, the They never got their pants dirty. Like that kind of... <laughs> right? Doesn't it seem like the Niners were well, always like... Team. What's so, that? They're a red team, so all red teams are evil. That's just how life works. Is that a fact? All That's red a, teams yes. are evil. Is that is that a UCLA thing? No, it's not even UCLA. Think about Wait it. Think minute. of any any red team. Any red I'm team. I'm Stanford is evil. Cardinal. Cardinal yeah, and gold. More, Come more, on, yeah. Cardinal and gold. Yeah, they're evil. Yeah, evil. Massively evil. What yeah. do we ever do to you? Because <laughs> the Detroit Red Wings were always one of the best teams. Red red team. <laughs> red Sox were good for a while. Speaking red of the Sox. Red Sox. It's like all the former Dodgers go to the Red Sox yeah, now. They, do. they go back and the forth. heck, man. But yeah, don't Kenley root for the Chargers. Jansen, Justin don't root Turner. for the Chargers. No, pick another AFC team. The red teams. They are. I really like teams. Cincinnati. Cincinnati, sure. What's weird is they're orange, orange though. Yeah, that's orange. It's fine. I think all four Sean McVay proteges, proteges, proteges will be in the playoffs this year, and Sean will not. Yeah. Uh, Zach Taylor, Brandon Staley. Matt LaFleur, they're right on the cusp. I think they're going to make it. And Kevin O'Connell in Minnesota. Yeah. Who's the guy that was... Did Nathaniel Hackett have some ties to him, no? No. Had okay. ties to Green Bay. Oh, Green Bay. Yeah, was okay. uh, Aaron Rodgers' offensive coordinator. Yeah, he'll be back there in Green Bay next year, Yeah, that's year, probably. where that... Yeah, he may, <laughs> probably be he back may there. go right back. Yeah. May go right back. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll tell you, it's been... You were talking about your aunt. Yeah. I'm just going to throw this... I. I no. don't know how this fits into anything. It's okay. Does it do have to do with the Chargers? No, I'm okay. off that. Okay. Moving on. Um, I, I have been on edge because my mom has COVID. Oh. And she's 80. Yeah. And so- how long, how long has she had it? Three days. Okay. And I think she's getting better. 
Yeah. I believe she's getting better. But it's like one of those things that feels traumatic. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm I this is what I've Well, you wanted had COVID her to and you know what it's like. I had COVID, right. And she's 80. Yeah. You know, so it's a it's an even, you know, scarier it's a scary proposition. Um but I think that I you know, I think this was like the capper for a challenging holiday period for a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, watching last night. And I really do. You you didn't see it live. Bergman, were you watching it live? Yeah, I was watching it. Jorge, were you? What? what the, watching the uh, Bengals? I was not. No, okay. No. Uh, it was. I got the email from uh, Boss Amanda even before the game. Well, I guess the game had been suspended. And I got the email from Boss Amanda about. You know, we had we had the first day of the year planned and all that stuff, and obviously it can wait, and we'll have another first day of the year. But it was uh, it was traumatic to see that last night. It was I had thought as I watched it, I had thought the worst. Yeah, I, I think thought, a lot of people did. Oh my God, what did we just see? Yeah, how did this happen? Uh, the news turned out to be better than that, as CPR was administered. Um, as he was taken to the hospital, uh, the one trauma care center in Cincinnati at the University of Cincinnati. And, you know, it, I news could be so much worse. I mean, he's intubated, he's sedated, but there's... I mean, they restored his heartbeat. They restored his heartbeat, yeah. And as, as Toy Cook said, as Kirk Morrison said, there was no better place for that to happen. Well, yeah. If it had to happen somewhere, he's surrounded yeah. by medical professionals. Yeah. And first responders and people who are capable of performing the life-saving procedures that they did. Yeah. And had he not been there, he might not have gotten the help that he needed. Yeah. I mean, look, when people, like when my aunt had her stroke, she was, and she had to be airlifted to the hospital in Reno. I mean, she right. lives up in a place where there's no great level, that trauma center. To be airlifted, like you have to make it through the air, that whole thing. And took a while to call 911. I mean, it was like, it's not sure. always, I mean, you just, so much of survival in these types of situations is where you are when it happens. Yes. And who's around you. And it's, it's if it had to happen, like, but I, I think what you said about this is a hard thing for everyone to watch and feel after this holiday period. Like, it's been a rough couple of years, man. Yeah. I don't, th I think we were just starting to come out of, where we've all been since March of 2020. Yeah. And people have been kind of trying to live their lives again. And, you know, everywhere I go, I'm still like the last person who masks. I'm like, I go to the NBA games and it's like me and Beth Harris from the AP. We're You're like the, the only, only two. We're the only masking. two. Yeah. Sometimes Mark Medina will put a mask on, but most of the time it's just me and her. And, um, and I'm like, and everybody looks at me like, you know, you don't need to have your mask anymore. I'm like, I know. But I still want to keep my mask on. I got two little kids at home. Well, yeah, I'm you still got being two cautious little kids. And all that, that makes sense. And it's a, uh, um, but there's still this like it's almost there's these social norms. I feel that like people almost look at you like, please take your mask off. I want to get back to my life and I want to get back to normal. Yeah. And we're kind of almost there, but not there. Yeah. There's still bad stuff, and then we're still all carrying that. Yeah. The last couple of years, we've all been carrying this around. And and so when you see awful things happen, it's like it's just everybody's still a little raw. Yes, like last absolutely. night we saw this happen. I was watching like I was you know back there with people from the Miami Heat, and, and we were all watching this, and it was like I just felt really tired and sick the whole rest of the day. Like yeah. not sick physically, but just like drained emotionally. Yeah, it was a disappointing way. Yeah, an upsetting way for the uh, yeah. holidays to wrap up. Um, all right, uh, coming up next for you, John Ireland is going to join us. Uh, John's on the road with the Lakers. Uh, he fired off an email moments after this all happened last night and wanted to make sure he could get on the air to talk about it today, so we'll do that. Uh, again, if you are looking for information on Bill's safety, DeMar Hamlin, and the incident last night at the Bengals-Bills game, uh, we will have any updates for you as we move through the afternoon, and that goes for uh, Sedano and Cap a little bit later on, too. Mason and Ireland, Momo's in for John, 710 ESPN.